You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Well, welcome, everyone. It's uh, me, Michael Pincus, the great guy from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And um, I, have, I have no idea where, where Andre is this week. Uh, I think he's out uh, drinking on his patio, which I've been to. Uh, it's a great little patio. Uh, Andre, you there? I am here. <laughs> Just look up, way up, and I'll go call Henry. Um, yeah, this is, um, so that's my, um, that's my co-host Jerome. Do you remember that show? <laughs> no? Yes? No? Did you get that out in Saskatchewan? I just quoted it. I remember watching it in, uh, in Yellowknife, actually. Friendly, friendly giant. Look up. Look way up. And I'll go call so yes, him. I'm Michael Pincus, the grape guy from com, And with me, as always, is Andre Prue from? AndreWineReview.ca and all over your social media. At Andre Wine Review, and I am I am the grape guy. You are the grape guy. This week, I thought it would be great to talk about the ultimate summer wine. I'd agree with that, and I mean, we we kind of we actually had something else planned that we were going to talk about. We're going to save it for a later date, but we just kind of realized that summer has kind of kicked off, and this is something we should be talking about. Definitely. And and what we're talking about is not, it's not on Oak Chardonnay. I know that's what you're thinking is the ultimate summer wine. It's not I Pinot Gris. Thinking, it's not Pinot Gris. I know you think Pinot Gris is the ultimate summer wine. Oh, don't you know it, dripping with sarcasm. Can you see it? Now that's good sarcasm. <laughs> I'm, I, we got to talk rosé. I Ooh. really, uh, we were talking uh, off the air about uh, the wine you were drinking, uh, it, was it today that you had from Flat Rock? Yes. Watch well, I've had a, I've had a few really good rosés recently. But you were saying you had, well, before that, you said you had a Flat Rock Red Twisted. Yes. Flat Rock Red and, Twisted, twisted is good. Red. And you said that was fantastic. And I said, have you tried the Flat Rock Rosé? And that got us into a whole other topic. And we said, wait a second, let's turn the mics on. Yes, let's do that. So the mics are now on, and it's time to talk rosé. And as I mentioned to you, I think the Flat Rock rosé is probably – it was Twisted Rosé, was it not? Wasn't yes, that it what it's called, too? It is called Twisted Rosé. And it's because they twisted put a little bit of Riesling in with some Gamay and some Cab Franc and Pinot. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it was. And my favorite thing about this wine is that every year it's dry. Like, it does have a hint of sweetness, but, I mean, for all intents, it's dry. But it tastes like candy. Like it's it does, got, but it it's, still, like it's still nice and dry, and that's like, what I think I like in a rosé. I don't like those white Zinfandels no. that come out, and they're just sweet and candied, and they might as well be a, um, they, they might as well be a cooler. Yes. Like, a good rosé is dry. It's Ish. food-friendly. It's... Uh, I was tasting today with Emma Garner uh, of 30 Bench, and I tried her new rosé. And it's, I think it's got like 2% Merlot in it or something like that. It's got a little Merlot. It's got a little Cab Franc. It's got a little Pinot Noir. It's got a little of everything. But it was super dry. And at one point, she goes, I could see this going with some grilled meat. And I kind of went, yeah, I can see that. Well, I, I've said many times on the radio, on television, and in my, in my columns that um, if you ever want to seem like a real wine snob or like you know what's going on with wine and you really don't, just pick up 
a good bottle of rosé, something that doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, and you'll put that on the table, and it's essentially a Swiss Army knife for food pairing. Like You don't need to think about it. A good rosé will pair with just about anything you can put on the table. It's kind of like sparkling wine that way. It is. I Actually, you know, I would go so far as to say it pairs better. The thing with sparkling wine is you get this crazy intense acidity on the finish of it, so it'll blast through whatever you put into your mouth in terms of any aftertaste or, or palate. Like, I mean, it, it's... You're basically carpet bombing your palate. It's a wonderful carpet bomb. It tastes amazing. But with uh, with rosé, you get, you know, kind of whispers and hints of, of red wine, but all the finish and kind of nice acidity of of a, a good white wine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fabulous wine. And we, we should all go pink. I really do think that. And it's not just because the name's Pincus. I can't believe you went there. That's a terrible joke. I, I wasn't a joke. I'm just... I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, so basically, let's move on to that then. So name some great rosés that you've tried. We'll go back and forth. Let's see one of these games of, you know, see who can stump the stoop. Creekside. Oh, damn. That would have been one of my, my definite choices. You know what? Every every year that we do this, um, like every year when the Bachelor Rosé comes out, there's always one that sort of sticks its head above all the other ones. And I don't want to say that this is a knock at anybody else that we're going to mention in this podcast but uh, for me, last year, it was the Flat Rock Pink Twisted. And I'm fairly certain that with my friends and family, I sold that by the case for them. Because, <laughs> I mean, it did, well, it tasted like Swedish berries last year. And it didn't have the sweetness. So you got all this, like, you felt like a kid drinking it. Because you had this candied flavors, but it was dry. But anyways, the Creekside, the Creekside this year, uh, when you taste it, you put this wine in your mouth, you put it in your glass, and it smells like a red wine. If I were blindfolded, I would tell you this is Cabernet Franc from a, a cool vintage, 2013 or 2014. You put it in your mouth, you get the red flavors, but then the finish of this wine, it's just it, it, its just like a cloud on your tongue. It's just so light and fruity on the finish, and it has like a bit of those hints of savory notes. I mean, the Creekside Cabernet Rosé, for 2015 is the best rosé that you can get in Ontario right now if you're looking for something to go with food and it's um it's so well put together i will say that there is not a single food on the planet that you could not pair with that wine i know that's a bold absolute statement but i stand by it damn it and i'm and i will spend the rest of the summer trying to prove you wrong cool good luck okay uh all right so it's my turn uh shout out to charm that, that was going to be my next Noir one. Rosé is the bomb. It's my wine. It's got my name on the bottle. And when I drink that wine, I pretend it's just for me. If I'm not mistaken, it's got two E's, not a, not, a, not a one E. You can fix that second E with a magic marker. And I don't know. I've been talking to Amelie every year that that wine comes out about getting a special batch made just for me. So I don't need to get rid of that second E on the bottle. And she says? Maybe. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> All right, what's your next choice? Let's go with... <laughs> Survey says... Oh, I just gotta... been... Wow, yeah. you can't come up with these at the top of your head, Andre? Shut up, Michael. I'm shocked. Let's go with uh, Wild Ass Rosé 2015. Really? Uh, Yes. Okay. Why do you like that one? It's just, they always seem to have this intensity of uh, of fruit. Like, it's always highly concentrated. Now, 
2015 is a little lighter than previous vintages. Was it 2013 that was like, it looked like it was blood red? Okay. But I mean, one of the things I look forward to about this wine is that it is very different every year. All right. Uh, one of my uh, ones that I tried. Oh, you're so uh, not excited about the wild ass. You want to move on. I do want to move on. Uh, wild ass is, you know, it's such a, a an amalgamation of so many different grapes that I don't know. It's it seems like a I, it seems like a gimme as a good rosé. You know what I mean? There's so many grapes that he puts into that mm-hmm. that it would just seem that it would be a good rosé and should be. Yes. But when you're doing like one from like Shadow de Charm, which is just Pinot Noir, which always, well, not always, but usually makes a, a good uh, rosé, it seems like a tougher a tougher deal to me anyway. Maybe maybe JL would 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 say something different on that. But well, maybe we'll ask him. I think we're trying to get in touch with him for an interview soon. One of one of my uh, other favorites, just because it, it you know it, it has that little bit of candied note to it, especially on the nose. But the palate ends up nice and dry. Uh, Featherstone. Yes, Featherstone's another good one, and it's got really, it's got a r- really strong savory note to it that that goes right through the middle of the wine, um, but it's not overpowering. I mean, it, it's just it's what you would expect from. I'm guessing there's Cabernet Franc in it. Uh, I I think they put a. L- I have to say they put a lot of stuff in that one, too. But uh, I understand that uh, there's probably a little bit of Gamay that goes in there, too. So that explains why I like it. Gamay makes great rosé, as does Pinot Noir. And uh, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, speaking of Gamay. But, uh, Andre, I, I may be breaking some news while I'm talking to you here. And let's see. Um, in, in speaking with uh, Featherstone, I understand they're thinking, just thinking, of putting in a new Gamay block. Yes, because they do need to put in something to replace their Gewürztraminer vineyard. I'm still upset that that's gone. Yeah, but uh, but Gamay would be a nice substitute. They used to make some great, and uh, you tried one over here from 2009. They made some great Gamay. I'd love to see them do it again. I'm pretty sure I drank most of that bottle. I think you did. And uh, the other one, and this... Hey, hey, I my don't turn. know how many people my know turn. this. My turn. Uh, Wait. Speaking with Emma Garner... You ready for this? Yeah, but you, you skipped your turn. Are you about to throw another one out there? No, no, but I, I just want to tell you a little Gamay news. Okay, Gamay news. Not, okay, we're not talking wines. Okay, go ahead. 30 Bench is going to be planting some Gamay. It's about time. Everyone's... Can you imagine a small lot Gamay from 30 Bench? Well, actually, I'm I'm just waiting. Hopefully, hopefully by the time this podcast is released, because obviously, full disclosure, we record these sometimes a, a few weeks early. I'm trying to get my hands on... The uh, Taws Small Lot Gamay. They made us a, a small batch uh, without sulfur. So if you go to andrewinereview.ca, it may be there. You should go to the website anyways. <laughs> well, I, th- I I mentioned Featherstone. What was your next wine? Oh, the, the uh, no. Nope, I'm, going, I'm going Southbrook. Southbrook Triumph Cabernet Front Rosé. Okay. All right. Interesting. It, it's another one. You know what? It, it actually, um, I, I, I hope these... These companies consider themselves both in good uh, to be in good company, but it reminds me a little of the Featherstone. Um, maybe the fruit's a little bit more intense, like a little bit more uh, cherry, but you have that really strong um, savory note that just pushes its way right through the wine. It's another one that's um, very good, very food friendly, and very easy to match up with uh, whatever you can put on the table with it. 
I'm so happy that there are so many uh, rosés that come to the top of our heads. You know, I would say that, you know, some five, maybe even ten years ago, there's, we would – you know, be sitting there hard pressed to go. Oh, that's a that's a good rosé. But rosé really is making a comeback. One of my favorites, right from the beginning of the hot weather that we started getting in April May, um, Pen Ridge Peninsula Ridge. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Cabernet Beal Vineyard rosé, thirteen ninety five, a steal. It's an absolute steal. You buy that wine by the case. You'll be bringing a bottle out every weekend. You'll be bringing out two every weekend. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you'll be buying more. For uh, you know, you're going to be you're going to be drinking that whole case in a month easily because it is so good, and you'll feel like you've stolen it from the winery at thirteen ninety five. I'd agree with that. I've got one that I, I think we've forgotten about, maybe because of how much we drank on the island. But Lola, that is uh, that is nice one from Peely. Yeah, uh, that was it's got that little bit of spritz to it. Yes, it's so it's sparkling. It's, and it's made with uh, Chambourcin. And something else, too, wasn't Vidal. it? Vidal. Vidal Chambourcin. That's right, Vidal. And it's twelve ninety five. Nice. I love that spritz. I love a good spritz. Uh, well, don't, don't let that hang out there. I'm just, I, you know what? I'm trying to find a way to take some dirty joke to the end zone, and I can't. I've, I've failed the listeners. Yes, you have, because I had three running through my head. But I can't, I can't do myself, so to speak. Well, I can, but I need something on the screen. Well, all right. You know, my... sometimes you got to do what you do best, and if that's doing yourself, then so be. Hey, it. there's no better love than self love, Andre. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so we've got a great shopping list here. I know you're great at tagging all of these, so people can know what to look for. And I mean, the crazy thing about rosé is um, a lot of these will sell out very quickly. Most of them are available through the LCBO, so. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of them do. I, I I don't know if you got a chance to try the Henry of Pelham 2015. Yes, actually, the entire roster from Henry of Pelham is excellent this year. Um, and, the sibling rivalry I, rose and the House Wine Company rose. So, yeah, they just it's great great roses all across the board. Uh, Cassaba, the Rebecca rose, a little sweeter this year than usual. And I understand there was less made because of the uh, because of the vintage. But it's not to be too sweet. Not short crop, but but less out there to make rosé with. But uh, again, a pretty good rosé. And uh, a shout out to the folks at Hansburger. I don't know if you've been there. Have you been there, Andre? I have not been there. Where's Hansburger? That sounds like I that was, sounds uh, like it'd be something I want to eat. What was that? That sounds like something I'd want to eat. Like, can we go get a Hansburger? Well, you know, here's the funny part. They have a great patio there. Okay. Do they, make uh, they have a pizza oven, and they make other things. Uh, I know that the chef, I believe her name is Brittany, uh, is the daughter of the owners. Uh, she was on Chop Canada, uh, makes fantastic food. Uh, she was chopped, by the way. Um, but uh, and, and that's chopped on, on Food Network, a little mm-hmm. plug in there. Um, but, I mean, the 13 was okay, but the 14 and that's the one that is currently available, and I know she's she's making a 15, is fantastic. And I believe, uh, now you may correct me if I'm wrong, the winemaker is Kelly Mason, is that correct? I don't know. Uh, like- she uh, she helps uh, Thomas Batchelder over at Kalus. Yes, that's Kelly. Kelly, yeah. So Kelly is the uh, winemaker over at Hansberger. 
Uh, and basically, they just make rosé and uh, Cabernet Franc, and the rosé is out of this world. And you were talking about rosé being a great food pairing. Yes. Um, it, it, it really is. It goes with everything, and, and, and including, uh, including a wonderful afternoon sitting on the patio. Well, there we go. Uh, now, do you have any favorite international rosés that you've that you've tried, or you know are what? we sticking only Ontario? Let, let me be completely completely honest. Um, I was at a tasting of rosé for the Wine Writer Circle of Canada, and we had about fifty bottles open. Half of them were from Ontario, and half were from elsewhere in the world. And there were a few bottles that were good, but. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I drink a lot of, of local wine, but frankly, I think it's just because you get a little bit more depth with a lot of savory notes poking through with the local wines. I felt the Canadian wines outclassed the rosé from elsewhere in the world, and that's talking California, Italy, uh, Portugal, France. We had a good mix. We had a good mix of, of a lot of wines there. And... Um, I mean, I've written about some of the other wines, but frankly, the list that we've listed today is better than anything that I would want to suggest from anywhere else. I can I can give you two that I that I tasted recently and came immediately to mind. Fire away. Um, there's one from South Africa, which I usually don't think of South Africa for rosé, but uh, Rustenburg. Oh, yeah, Rustenburg rosé that had a little bit of watermelon in it that was quite interesting. And a perennial favorite of mine comes from France. It's part of the Whispering Angel line. Or Whispering Angel is, I think, the name of the wine. It's such a light, light pink. It almost looks like an accident uh, in for a white wine that, that had an accident, let's say. Uh, and that's usually a very, very good wine itself, too. Well, I, th- I think the important thing is, like I said, like I know I, I've said that I have a preference towards the Ontario rosé, but if you're among the crowd that your memory of rosé is drinking um, blush, California sweet, that's what when you said California, the first thing that came to mind when it comes to rosé in California was sweet, and I still believe that's true. So what you want to do is is come back and revisit, re- just revisit some of the Ontario wines. Or, sorry, yeah, come back to rosé. Come back to rosé. Trust me, it's waiting for you. Yes, it is. And and like I said, it'll it'll make you seem like you're you know everything about wine. Just pick up, see, pick up something good. Put it this way: it it rosé is hip and cool, whether you want it to be or not. Hip and cool is that what the is that what the you guys are saying these days, or is that not right? It's got a big bushy beard like all the hipsters on Queen West. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. All right, so we've got a I think good we're list. With rosé, we've hit, we've given you a great shopping list of at least. Uh, I wrote them down as we went. You got at least. A dozen or more rosés there to choose from, and you know when you're when you're going to wine country, uh, be it Lake Erie North Shore, be it um, uh, Prince Edward County, or Niagara, try their rosé. Really, just give it a shot. Don't just go ah, it's rosé. Give it a try. I think you'll be very happy. And if you pick up a case of each, you'll have 144 bottles. That's enough to last you until um, the end of August. I would say so. All right. Good night. Well, is that it for us? Why? What else did you want to say? Nothing. I'm Michael Pincus, the Grape Guy from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Find me on social media under the Grape Guy and Michael Pincus. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca, enjoying a very pink kind of podcast. And you can find me on social media at AndreWineReview. He was tickled pink tonight. Oh, my God. Good night. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe at twoguystalkingwine.com.